time, Beruchim Abayim, Shabbat Tov. So we're at Parashat uh, Vayishlach. <coughs> we're learning these Parashiyot with Perush Rashi. It's Perifua Shelema, Haya, Sarah, Bat Simcha. Amen. Beautiful parasha, eighth parasha of Bereshit. This is the story where Yaakov, after spending 20 years in Laban's house, his father-in-law, now he has his wives, four wives, he has his children. So now he's going to make his way back to his father's house in Eris Israel. And he's going to have the famous epic confrontation with his brother Esav. Now keep in mind, Esav hates Yaakov. He feels that the blessings belong to him and that Yaakov took them. So now Yaakov is going to have to make peace with Esav. And let's see what he does and see how it works. So Yaakov sends Malachim to Esav. The question is, what is Malachim? So Rashi says two interpretations. Well, actually, Rashi only says one interpretation, to be honest with you. He says, Malachim Mamash, that he actually sent angels, which means Yaakov Abinu had access to angels. He sent angels to do his, uh, to do his bidding, to go try to make the uh, peace. So he sends <coughs> angels to his brother, his Esab Achiv, his brother Esab, Arsa Seir, to the land of Seir, Sede Edom. Okay, and it was in the fields of Edom. That's probably like uh, the area of Jordan. Vaisav Otam Lemor, and Yaakov tells the angels the following, he commands them. Ko Tomerun Adoni Esab. So you shall say to my master Esav, Ko Amar Abdecha Yaakov. So says your servant Yaakov, Im Lavan Garti Vaechar Adata. The reason why I have delayed is because I was living by Lavan. Now, what does that mean, Im Lavan Garti? I lived by Lavan, he was telling him two things. The word God means I lived as a stranger. I didn't live in a permanent way. <clears throat> Therefore, he's basically saying, you don't have to worry. The berachot are not coming true on me. I was living like a stranger for all these years. So therefore, you don't have to be concerned. For whatever reason, all those berachot that I got, <clears throat> that I'm going to be successful and I'm going to be uh, strong, etc. Obviously, it's not so. I'm in a weak position. I was living as a stranger, Garti, Ger. Another explanation. If you take the word Garti, it's the same letters as the letters Taryag. Garti, Taryag. What is Taryag? 613. What do we know about the number 613? That's how many So basically he was telling his brother, listen, don't think that I went to Lavan's house and I lost my religion. In Lavan Garti, even though I was by Lavan's house, Garti, Taryag. I kept the Taryag mitzvot, and I didn't learn from his bad ways. So therefore, if you think that you're going to be able to overcome me because I lost my religion, 
It's not so. Garti. Now he tells him, that she says, I had an ox and a donkey. It doesn't mean he had one ox and a donkey. It means many oxen and many donkeys. Son, I have sheep, slaves, maidservants. So that she says, and I am sending you uh, a gift uh, in order to let you know that I want to come greet you. And I want to show that I have peace with you and I have no, uh, no claims. Okay, so let's see if it works. So the angels go and they tell uh, Esav, listen, your brother, the Berachot didn't come true. He wants to uh, give you a gift. He wants to make peace. He wants to put it behind uh, behind him, behind you. But Yeshua wa Malachim, so the angels come back and Yaakov de Mor. Banu el Achicha el Esav. What does that mean? We came to your brother Esav. Well, we know brother Esav. He only has one brother. Why does he have to repeat it? So he says, we came to the one that you called your brother, but he's really not acting like a brother. He's acting like Esav. Banu el Achicha. You said he's your brother, but he's not. He still hates you. So they got a negative response. They thought they're going to go and Esav's going to say, yeah, let bygones be bygones. That's 20 years later. Kapara. No. Esav is still holding the grudge. He's still Esav. Not only that, he's coming towards you. And he has 400 men with him. These are 400 chieftains, 400 major soldiers. That means he's going to all out attack to kill Yaakov. So obviously this is now turning into a major situation. Yaakov was afraid, and he was worried. She says, what do you mean afraid and worried? So that she says he was afraid that maybe he's going to get killed. And he was worried that maybe he's going to kill others. Yaakov doesn't want to kill anybody. He doesn't want to kill Esav. He doesn't want to kill the 400 men. So therefore Yaakov was concerned on two fronts. He was concerned about himself, and he was concerned that if he defends himself, he might have to kill others. So what did he do? Now we read about the strategy that Yaakov Abinu employs. He divides his camp that was with him. So he divides them into two camps. What's the logic? He says, If Esav will reach the first camp and attack it, so the other camp can run away. And the second camp will be saved. So therefore, you see, Yaakov Abinu has a strategy. That means if they're all going to come together and Esav attacks, you can get them all in one shot. So you divide everybody. So if Esav goes after camp number one, camp number two will be able to escape. Rashi tells us that Yaakov Abinu actually prepared for three different approaches when it came to his brother Esav. Number one, Doron. Number two, Tefillah. Number three, Milhama. What is those three? What is Doron? 
Doron means gifts. Bribe. That's sometimes the way you have to deal with the Goyim. You have to give them gifts. You have to bribe them. So Yaakov understood that. So therefore he set up in order to give gifts like we're going to see. He also set up for prayer. You have to pray. To read Tehillim, you have to pray that we'll be able to live peacefully with the Goyim and they won't come and kill us. And number three, if all fails, the last option was Milhama, he'll go to war. So Yaakov was, you know, he was realistic. He said, listen, I'm going to do the Heshtadlut of praying, I'm going to do the Heshtadlut of bribing. But Yaakov was well aware that if it doesn't work, He's going to have to go to war, and that was his uh, that was his plan. Now, where do we see that Yaakov was planning to uh, give gifts? We're going to see it later on in Pasuk twenty-two. It says that he sent the minhat to his brother. Where do we see that he prayed? Next pasuk, you're going to see he prayed. Now, where do you see he prepared for war? Because it says, if Esav comes and attacks the first camp, the second camp will run away. How are they going to run away? Maybe Esav will attack them. He says, no, because then I'm going to go to war against them. And therefore, we won't be able to attack the second camp. And now he makes his prayer. Now, it's important to understand the way he makes this prayer, that she makes very important observations here. Let's read it inside. I'm reading Pasuk Yud. Vayomer Yaakov. Yaakov says, Elohe avi Abraham. The God of the father, or my father, Abraham. You can call your grandfather your father. It's okay. And the God of my father, Yitzhak. Adonai, Haomer Eli, the God that has told me, Shub go home, go back to your land. To your birthplace. And I will. I will do good to you. I will be good to you. So here he's making a prayer that God should save him. So that she notes that, first of all, he refers to his father, Elohe Avi Yitzhak. <clears throat> he puts the name of God next to his father's name, which is uh, earlier when he was talking to Laban, he doesn't refer to his father as, uh, he doesn't refer to the God of Yitzhak. He says, Ufahad Yitzhak. He says, the, the, my father that feared God. But now he uses the name of God next to his father. Normally, we learn that we don't use the name of God next to the tzaddik if he's still alive. Because we're not sure if he's going to remain a tzaddik, so we don't put God's name. Here, Yitzhak was still alive. So why did he call his father the God of my father, Yitzhak. Normally, we don't put the name of God next to the tzaddik. Secondly, that she asks, why does he repeat God's name? He said, Elohei Avi Abraham, Elohei Avi Yitzhak, Adonai, He can skip that list. You'd keep up. He doesn't have to say it. He said, the God of my father, Abraham, and the God of my father, Yitzhak. Why does he have to repeat? So he says over here that Yaakov Abinu was telling a Kadosh Baruch Hu, I got two promises from you. One promise, you promised me that you're going to protect me when I was leaving. Like last week's parasha, remember we had the dream? And God promised him when he was leaving his father's house to Haran that God is going to protect him. 
And then, if you remember at the end of last week's Pinasha, when he left Laban's house, God promised Yaakov protection. So there's two different promises. So Yaakov Abinu is alluding to the two promises. In the first promise, what did God say? God said to Yaakov, Ani Hashem, Elohei Avraham Abicha, Elohei Yitzhak. So God said that I am the God of your father, Abraham, and the father of Yitzhak. So Abraham, so, so Yaakov was referring to that blessing where God used the names Elohei Abraham, Elohei Yitzhak, which was the blessing that he got when he left to Haran, when he left to Laban's house. And then when he was in Laban's house on the way out, God used his name Yudke Vavke to say, I am going to protect you. So basically, Yaakov Aminu is referring to the two different promises that he got. One, when God used the terminology, Elohe Avraham, Elohe Yitzhak, I am the God of Avraham and Elohe Yitzhak, which is the promise that he got when he left 20 years prior, that he's going to get protected. And the second one, where God used his name, Yudke Vavke, to promise Yaakov that is going to have security and protection. So that she says, with those two promises, I'm coming with tefillah to you, that you should save me from Esau. So that's why he mentioned um, both languages in order to arouse the connection of the two promises. Let's read one more pasuk. Katonti mikola hasadimu mikola emet asher asita et avdecha. So that Yaakov Aminu, like the tzaddikim, they never think they're worthy of any kindness. So he says, Katonti, I am minimized. Maybe I used all my zikuyota. Maybe by living in Laban's house and I got saved all those years from Laban, maybe I ate up all my zikuyot. So Katonti, I am, I am minimized. I am diminished. And if I'm afraid, which means maybe it's true you promised me, but maybe I don't, I'm not worthy anymore. And therefore, maybe I'm not worthy of your protection. And therefore, he was worried, Yaakov. And then he says, He says, when I came and I crossed the Jordan, all I had with me was my stick, my staff. I didn't have any money. I didn't have any gold. And we know why. Because if you remember, he got mugged on the way down. Elifaz, like we learned last week, took all his money. And the Midrash writes a miracle that he actually took his stick, Yaakov Abinu, when he was going down to Haran, and he used his stick to split the Jordan. The Hadush, Yaakov Abinu had to cross the river. So it's Kibim Makli with my stick, Avati Yitayardin. So he's hinting to God that you made miracles for me, but I'm worried that maybe I have depleted my zikuyot. Therefore, he makes one last prayer to God. Save me from my brother, the hands of my brother, the hands of Esav. Because I'm afraid of him. Unless he come and attack me, not only me, but mother and child. And Rashi comes along and says, Miyad Ahi, Miyad Isab, save me from my brother that is not behaving like a brother, but he's behaving like a tyrant, Isab. Miyad Ahi, Miyad Isab, save me from my brother 
that is not acting in a brotherly way, but he's acting like Esav. Last pasuk of the night, Rabotai, and I mean it this time. Ve'ata amarta, you told me God, promised me hetev etiv imach, that I will do good for you. What is the double language? Hetev etiv, I will do good in your merit and etiv in the merit of your fathers and grandfathers. So if we have what's called zechut avot, and your descendants will be as plentiful as the sand on the by the water, that you're not able to count it because it is so multiple. Where do we see that she just asked? Where do we see that God promised Yaakov that? Actually, he told them, he didn't say, he said your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, not the sand on the beach. So that she's asking, where, where did he say Kiholayam? He said Kafara Aretz. So if you look at uh, early in the Pesukim, the Pesukim say that God said, I will be with you, Yaakov, I will not leave you. Until I do what I promised you. And Avraham, what did he say? So therefore God said, I will not leave you, Yaakov, until I fulfill the promise that I did make to your grandfather. And God told Avraham that his descendants will be Kiholayam. So therefore God had to make good to Yaakov to the promise that he made to the grandfather. So it's true, he never told Yaakov directly Kiholayam. But he told it to Abraham, and he told Yaakov, I'm going to make good on that promise. So therefore, it's like he told it to him. All right, now we're going to have to see tomorrow night, the Botaib is at the Shem, what happens. And so Yaakov Abinu already has established tefillah. Tomorrow night, we're going to begin the class learning how we sent the gift, which is the bribe, which you see from here that sometimes you have to rely on bribes. And then we're going to see if he had to resort to the third and final bullet which is the bullet of war. Stay tuned, Rabotai, for that. That is coming. Coming to you tonight from Adil Studios. And we have a custom to learn a few pesukim of Chumash every night with Pirush Tashi. And we do it for the Refuah Shilema of Haya Sarah Bat Simha. Amen. So we're in Parashat Bayishlah, and we are at Shini. So we're at chapter 32, Pasuk 14. So now we're going to talk about the famous or dramatic confrontation between Yaakov Abinu and Esav. Uh, so Yaakov Abinu slept over there in that place, meaning on the way to greet Esav. And he took from what he could take in his hands, he took a gift. Remember we learned last night that one of the ways he's going to influence Esav is by bribing him. That's one of the three... Uh, Strategies. So it says in the Midrash that she says, 
what type of asset can he hold in his hand? Rashi says, Abanim Margaliot. He took some precious jewels. You know, he put them in a handkerchief, wrapped them up, put them in his hand, and he's going to give his brother a nice, uh, nice gift. Another uh, interpretation that she brings down is that he gave his ma'asir. Remember, we learned that before Yaakov Abinu went to Laban's house, he promised that whatever God gives him, he's going to give ma'asir. He's going to give 10%. So he took the ma'asir from his cow, and then he gave the rest to Isaf. We gave, you know, the, a portion to Isaf. But he didn't give it until meaning he took from what he's allowed to give Esav. That means first he had to give the charity, and then he gave uh, he gave it over. Now it says, the amazing Pasuk, uh, Pasuk 15, it tells us what he gave him. Izim Matay, 200 goats, Utyashim Esrim. Matay is just like a, a small goat. He gave him 20 of those. Rehelim Matay, that's Female sheep, 200 of those. Elim Esrim, rams, 20. Gemalim menikot ubnehem. Camels that were nursing and their children. Nursing camels and their sons. Shiloshim. Parot arba'im. 40 cows, female. Parim asara, 10 bulls. Atonot esrim, mules, 20. asara, like donkeys, uh, 10. Wow, so you gave the whole, uh, the whole zoo. <laughs> so now, we'll read a little of the Rashi over here. That she says, that she says over here, well, he goes into the different reasons why he gave him all these, uh, all these animals. They learn, they learn different things. Okay, I don't think it's appropriate for our class to go into this now. But we'll continue with the Pesukim. Bayiten biyad abadab. Eder, eder, lebado. And he divided all these animals into different flocks, different groups. Each species, as she says, on its own. Go in front of me, as she says, at least a day ahead, and I'll follow you. So she says something amazing here. When you give the gift, make sure you space it out. What's the explanation? Why, why not give him the gift just in one shot? Why space it out? So that she tells us a rule over here. In order to satiate the eye of the rasha, which means when you space it out, it looks bigger. It looks like it's a more generous gift. Exactly, which is the eyes, they see all this stuff coming. So they learned over here when you want to bribe somebody, instead of giving him a hundred dollar bill, give him, you know, ones. So it's a lot, you know, you pay him in a big uh, stack of money. So in order to satiate his eyes. So therefore, Yaakov is teaching us the strategy. And then it says, 
So we told the first group, he commanded them, when my brother Esav is going to meet you, he's going to ask you, means who sent you? To whom do you belong? Furthermore, he might ask you, where are you going? Which means, who does this minha belong to? Who are you giving this to? Uh, so you'll answer, you'll answer the first question, to whom do I belong to? I belong to your servant Yaakov. I work for Yaakov. And the second question, to whom does this belong? To, to, who is this gift going to? Or what is this item here? It is a minha, shiluha, it is a gift. And who is the recipient? So therefore, all the questions are answered. It's a minha and it's for you. He told the second emissaries to say the same thing. So he gave them a script, basically. When Esav asks you this, you answer that. Now the person says, And tell us Yaakov is on the way, he's behind us. I said, Let me first, uh, let me break his anger, that she says. Which means, let me break his anger by giving him the uh, gifts. So by the time he sees me, he's a little more, he's a little more pacified. So the Pasuk says, So they sent him the gift. Yaakov Aminu again, he's going to be behind. So he slept that night in the camp and he sent the delegation ahead of him. He woke up that night. He took his two wives, the two maid servants, and his 11 children. And he crossed the Ma'abar crossing. Now, the problem over here is at this time in history, Yaakov had not 11 children, but he had 12 children. Now, I know Binyamin wasn't born yet, but he did have 11 boys and one girl, Dina. So that she is bothered, why does it say that he took his wives and his 11 children, it should say 12 children. So that she right away asks, where was Dina? She was hidden in a box and he locked her. Why did he put her in a box? Because he didn't want Esav to see her. He was concerned that maybe Esav will put his eyes on Dina and then take her, and then he loses his daughter to, to the Rasha. So she, she was hidden. And she actually says that Yaakov would be punished for this. Because who knows, maybe if Dina would have married Esav, she could have turned him around. You know, a lot of times it's the wife that makes the husband. Therefore, it could be Dina would have been a good influence, and maybe Esav would have been a tzaddik. So Yaakov uh, uh, denied Esav that chance, let's call it. Although, you could argue Yaakov was being a responsible father. You know, I, I don't want to take that chance. It could also be that Esav could corrupt Dina. Anyway, how did he get punished? The person says, you don't want to give it to your brother? She'll end up falling to Shechem. And later on, the Prashah, we're going to read how she ended up getting taken by the, uh, 
by the heathens. Well, let's finish the Pirasha for tonight. Vayikachem, he took his family, Vayabirim at the Nahali crossed the river, Vayabir at the Shedlo, and he brought all the animals and all his uh, possessions with him. Uh, Rashi says he made himself like a bridge, which means he stretched himself out and he took things from one side and brought it to the other. You know, to transport it. So he made himself like a bridge to cross over all the assets that he had from one side to the other. Now, Yaakov Abinu, the famous bout now with the angel. Yaakov is alone. Why was he alone? I thought he crossed his whole family over the river. He went back because he forgot small jugs. He forgot a few uh, 99-cent items, as she says. And the Sadiq, you know, he doesn't like to waste anything. So he crossed back over the river to get these little jugs. He was alone. All of a sudden he met up with a guy, and the guy wrestled with him until the morning. A wrestling match. And uh, as she says, comes from the word abak, to bring up dust. Because when you're wrestling, so you're bringing up the dust from the, uh, from the ground. And some say that avak can mean uh, to tie, to, to attach. Because when you're wrestling, you're like hugging each other. You know, they're, 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 they have themselves in a, uh, in a hole. So that would be vayavik. Vayar kilo So this man, who happens to be an angel, saw that he cannot overpower Yaakov. So what did he do? So he hit him in the in the thigh, in the leg, in the sciatica, we call it. So he had a dislocation of his hip. When they were wrestling. So the angel says, let me go. It seems it was his turn to sing in front of God that morning. So therefore, he's saying, listen, I got a choir that I have to attend. You got to let me go. It's the morning. And he says, no, I'm not sending you until you bless me. Which means he was the angel of Esav, the stomach man, we call him. And therefore, Yaakov says, I want you now to confirm the blessings that I got from Esav. Which means he got him from his father, but Esav was contesting now the angel, Yaakov is saying, Barichini, meaning confirm that the blessings are mine. He says, what's your name? Yaakov, he says, my name is Yaakov. He says, no. Your name is not going to be called Yaakov anymore. Here's where Yaakov gets his name changed. Why is it called Yisrael? Because you have fought him. You have fought with angels. Elohim is angels. And people. And you have overcame them. You have prevailed. Now what does it mean your name is not going to be called Yaakov? Now she says the word Yaakov comes from the word Akim. Akim means crooked. The angel was saying now you're not going to be known as the crooked one anymore. But you're going to be known as Israel, which stands for what? Yashar. You're the straight one. The Berachot do belong to you. And therefore, that was the angel's way of saying the blessings actually belong to you. 
And he told them that you were prevailed against people, Esav and Avad, that took and you overcame them. Last pasuk of the night, Rabotai, by Yishal Yaakov. So Yaakov asked the angel, what's your name? What are you asking me my name for? What do you mean, why, why is he asking? So that she says, we really don't have a permanent name. Our names change based on our mission. So therefore, you know, every mission gives us a different purpose and therefore gives us a, a different name. And therefore, we don't have one name. Okay, that's the simple explanation of Rashi. Okay, that's the Parashat And we're in Parashat Ba'ishlah. We're at a very dramatic uh, point here. It's when uh, we have the confrontation of Yaakov and Esav. And we just finished with the wrestling match that um, that Yaakov Abinu had with the uh, with the angel. So now we're going to start tonight at Perek Lamid Bet Pasuk Lamid Aleph. After Yaakov Abinu fought with the angel, he names the place. And he names the place Peniel. What does that mean, Peniel? So the Pasuk explains it. Because I saw an angel face to face. Peniel is like Peniel, the face of an angel. And I came face to face with an angel and I got saved. But Yisrach lo Hashemesh, it says the sun then rose. And Kashir Abarit Pinuel, when he left that place called Pinuel, and behold, he was, he was limping. So there was a little damage to Yaakov. And the Midrash writes that the sun rose that day in order to heal Yaakov Abin. It seems that the sun has medicinal properties. And therefore it says, The sun rose for Yaakov. That means specifically that morning the sun rose for him in order to heal him. And the Pasuk then tells us one of the mitzvot. You're not allowed because of this, to eat the Gida Nasheh, that's the uh, what do they call it? The sirloin. That's the uh, the nerve that runs, or the vein, I should say, that runs in the leg, right where Yaakov Abinu got wounded, so that vein in an animal, which is where the sirloin is, or the sciatic, we're not allowed to eat that. That's why when we eat kosher meat, they have to take that vein out. It's called the Gida Nasheh. Until today. Nasheh means it got dislocated. When the angel hit it, it moved. Nasheh means to move. So it's the Gida that moved, that, that jumped. So we're not allowed to eat it until today. It's not kosher. Fine. 
Vaisai Yaakov enav, now Yaakov lifts, raises his eyes. Vayad vini Esavba. And here it is. Esav is coming. Ve'arba me'ot ish. And he's got the 400 men with him. Now that's not to, to, to unroll the red carpet. The 400 men are to come to make war. Vayachat zit ha'iladim al-le'av al-rachem ha'shtes shifot. And he split his family up. Shifachot ne'er children. Le'ah and her children. And Achel and her children. What is going to happen? So the first front, he puts the maids and their children in the front lines. And then behind them, Leah and her children. And then Rachel and Yosef behind them. So that's the, that's the order of formation. It's the Shepachot and their children, Leah and them behind, and Rachel in the back. And Yaakov went in the front. He said, if, if Esav wants a fright, he comes to get me first. So Yaakov was prepared for war. He didn't stand in the back uh, of his family. He stood in the front. He went to the front of the, of the line. Now what's going to happen? I'm sure all of you are very curious to know what's going to happen. So the Pasuk says, He bowed, Yaakov, that is seven times, until he reached his brother. Esav runs towards Yaakov. He hugs him. Nabotai, a miracle just took place. That she says, he got filled with mercy. When he saw all the bowings and all the subservience that Yaakov had, he melted. And what? He started to hug him. And the Pasuk says, He fell on Yaakov's shoulders, his neck, and he kissed him. Well, Rashi says that if you look at the word Vayishakir, there's dots on top of it. To come and say, well, he didn't really kill, he didn't really kiss him, you know, wholeheartedly. And some say in the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai that actually, even though we have a rule that Esav hates Yaakov, that's a general rule, but at that moment, he actually kissed him wholeheartedly and he had mercy. A miracle took place. Yaakov, I mean, with all his prayers and all his preparations, it worked. Vayipku, and they cried. Vayisai tenav. Esav lifts his eyes. Vayaretan nashim, and he sees the ladies. That's the first thing, of course, the Goy sees when he lifts his eyes. First thing the Goy sees is the ladies. It's unbelievable. Vayisai tenav, he lifts his eyes. Vayaretan nashim, he sees the Woman, the wives of Yaakov, and the children. Who are these? These are the children that God gave and God granted me. All right, that's one Aliyah. As I said, I am out of town. We have uh, on the mood for the Refuah Shalema. Of Hayas Arab Batsamha 
And we are learning uh, the parasha. We are in parashat Vayishlach. And we are at the confrontation of Yaakov and Esav. And we learned last night that a miracle happened that ultimately Esav had mercy and became softened by Yaakov Abinu. He bowed down to him and therefore he was not confrontational. So the Pasuk now says, <laughs> The maidservants came uh, close. They approached. And they bowed. So the Shepachot came and their children. So that's Bilha and Zilpa and their kids. And they also approached with her children. They bowed. Now, if you pay attention, you'll notice that you'll notice that by the Shepachot and by Le'ah, it says they approached and their children are behind them. But by Yosef, it's, it says Yosef was in front and Nachel was behind. So why did Yosef block his mother? The Shepachot were in front, the children were behind them. The out was in front, the children were behind. But here it says that it was Yosef and Nachel. Nachel was behind Yosef. So that she says, because he wanted to protect his mother, because she was very beautiful, and he was worried that maybe Esav is going to put his eyes on her, and he didn't want uh, any trouble. So he defended his mother and he protected her. So the Pasuk says, Esav says, What is all this, all these people that you sent me? Because Yaakov sent angels, if you remember. So Esav wants to understand, what are all these angels that you sent me? What is all this, uh, this uh, confrontation that you sent of all these angels? So that she says something amazing over here, that when the angels came to Esav, they were sent by Yaakov. So it's, they started to, to pick on him. They started to push him. And they started to, you know, like uh, rough them up. So, so the people of Esav said, or the, the angels asked them, who, who are you people? And they said, well, we're from Esav. Said, oh, you're from Esav? So the angels started to attack them. And then some of the people said to the angels, leave them alone. This is the son of Yitzhak. After all, his father was a big Sadiq. Well, they didn't pay attention. They kept on beating up all the people of Esav. So they said, leave him alone. He's the grandson of Abraham. They didn't pay attention. Finally, till they said, he's the brother of Yaakov. Said, well, he's the brother of Yaakov, then he's one of ours, to leave him alone. So Esav was shocked. Esav said, what are all these people that you sent me? 
They were roughing him up. So he says, well, regarding the gifts that I sent you, because he was also asking, what is all these gifts that you're sending me? So he says, no, the gifts are in order that I should find favor in your eyes. So Esab says, well, I have a lot. And this is a very important pasuk. First of all, you see Esab's mentality. He says, I have a lot. Esab's never satisfied. He has a lot, but he doesn't have everything. The attitude's supposed to be, I have everything I need. But Esab doesn't have that attitude. He says, I have a lot. And then he says, Whatever is yours, let it be. And as she says over here, Esav finally admitted that the Berachot belonged to Yaakov. What's yours is, is yours. So this is a very, very uh, crucial moment in the history where Esav finally concedes the blessings. It took him 20 years, but he finally says at this moment, what you have is belong to you. Please, says, please, I know you have a lot, but I want you to accept my gift. Which means Esav originally refused it. And Yaakov says, No, I insist. I know you have a lot, but I want you to take my gift nonetheless. He says, by looking at your face, it's like looking at the face of an angel. Okay, it's for flattering him a little. So Rashi says over here that uh, first of all, Yaakov was grateful that Esav let bygones be bygones, that he, he let him take the Berachot, he forgot about whatever it was that happened 20 years prior. Or even more, it's more than 20 years prior. It's actually 34 years prior. And now he comes along and says something else, according to that sheet. He says <clears throat> that you have to know that before I met you, uh, I saw, I met an angel. Why does he have to tell Esav that he met an angel? He actually fought the angel. That he's trying to tell Esav that he should be afraid of him because I met your angel and I beat him already. And therefore, Esav should be careful not to start with Yaakov. If Yaakov is able to beat an angel, so certainly he can beat Esav. Right, and Esav will say that if you beat the angel, then I don't have a chance. Please take my blessings that I brought for you. God has been very good to me. Yaakov Abinu says something over here which shows us the big difference between him and Esav. Yaakov Abinu says, I have everything. Yaakov Abinu was satisfied. So he insists and he pushes him. And what do you think? He took it in the end. 
At this point, Esav says, Let's travel together. And uh, now that we made peace, let's travel together. And Esav says, and I know you have a big family, so I'll travel a little slower so they can catch up. So Yaakov says, no, he doesn't want to travel with Esav. He knows it's trouble. But you know, my master, you know, the children are, uh, you know, very, very delicate. And have so much sheep and flock. And we're going to push them to go uh, fast, to go at a quick, quick pace. The animals are all going to die. We can't, uh, we're not going to be able to keep the pace with you. You go out first. I'll go at my own pace slowly. Based on the work that I have in front of me, pertaining to the children, they can't travel that fast. Until I reach you in Sa'id. Now, Yaakov obviously never had intention to meet up with Esav at Sa'id. He never had intention. But he meant until I catch up with you when Mashiach comes. Because when Mashiach comes, it says that Yaakov Abinu is going to conquer Har Sa'id, which is where Esav is. He said, you go in front, I'll travel with my own family, and don't worry, one day I'll catch up with you. So that's the way, that's the way we're learning it. Let me at least send some security guards from my camp with you. And they're trying to infiltrate. He said, let me send some of my people, they'll travel with you. And he says, no, it's not necessary. So Yaakov pushes off any offers that Esav is making, not to travel together, not to, you know, not to take his security detail. The Pasuk concludes over here. So Esav went back to his way. And it says he went back alone. What happened to the 400 men that were with him? They all went back to their own way also. And the Pasuk says over here, that the 400 went, they they went back wherever they went. Each one went uh, their own way. So they have a zechut, these 400. They didn't, they didn't end up attacking uh, Yaakov. They went back home. These are vigilantes, these 400. So it says God rewarded them. And they even left Esav, by the way. They left Esav. So God rewarded them in the times of David. It says that David was fighting Amalek and 400 uh, soldiers of Amalek survived the war. Measure for measure, because they did the right thing over here, that they abandoned Esav, they didn't chase Yaakov. So later on in history, 
when Bnei Israel fighting Amalek, which is the grandson of Esav, 400 are spared. Last pasuk of the night, Yaakov nasa Sukota. Yaakov went to Sukkot, and he built himself a house, and he built huts for his sheep, for his cattle. And he named the place Sukkot. And she says that he lived in that house for 18 months. So he didn't even get home yet. This was a, uh, on the way home back to his father's house, he stopped off. So he stayed basically for the whole summer and then the whole winter and then the summer again. So it's six months, then six months, and then six months. Each, each uh, season is... So the Pasuk says, He built a house. It's a singular house. When McNair went to his sheep, his flock, he made Sukkot. Sukkot is plural. So you see, during the summer months, he was able to build Sukkot because he could live outside in the Sukkah in the summer. But in the winter, you can't live in a Sukkah, so you have to live in a Bayit. So it says he built a Bayit, which is singular tents, one house, and he built many Sukkot. So from there, she learned that he built a Bayit for the winter, which is six months, and Sukkot is plural for two seasons of summer. So he stayed summer, winter, summer. Two Sukkot in the summer months and one house in the winter months. That's how she knows he stayed 18 months. Okay, Rabotai, there you have it. That we're learning should uh, protect and give her. We should hear good news. Amen. So we're at a beautiful point. Yaakov Abinu. Survives the confrontation with Esav, comes away unscathed. Yaakov went his way, Esav went his way, they parted ways. So Yaakov comes Shalem. Shalem means he was complete. And he comes to the city of Shechem. That's the, he entered when he came back to Israel, he entered Shechem. And it says he was Shalem. So the, the she says, what does it mean, Shalem? He was complete. But she says three things. Shalem before he was complete in his body because he got healed. If you remember when Yaakov was fighting with the angel, they hit him in the leg, so he was better from that. Shalem gave a lot of money to Isaac. Like we learned uh, in the previous Shi'urim, <clears throat> but it says that he recovered that money. So therefore, he was complete in his money. And Shalem Betorato, he didn't forget any of his learning, even though he was in Laban's house for 20 years. His Torah remained complete. So three things again. 
and was completed his Torah. And he came back from Padan Aram. And then she says, coming back from Padan Aram is like saying he came back from the lion's den. It's like... It's like somebody says, like, you know, wow, this guy got saved from the, uh, from the lion's den. So therefore, he came back from Padan Aram. It's like a miracle that he even got saved because he was in the... No, the lines then with Laban and Esav. Now it says he got to the city, and she says he got to the city on Erev Shabbat. If you remember, he made a promise before he left, and he said that if he gets back safely, he'll go back to the original place and build the Mizbeah and give God gratitude. That's exactly what he did. Uh, he built a Mizbeah to show gratitude to God. And this is an amazing uh, piece over here. And he called him, he called him El, El So there's two ways of learning this. The simple explanation is that Yaakov called God El, the strong one, God of Israel. But as she says something amazing, he says, actually, God called Yaakov El. That means God is giving Yaakov Abinu a new name. He called him El. And he said, just like I am a God or a, a strong one in the heavens, you are a strong one on earth. Which is a very, uh, very big compliment. So you have to read the Pasuk, God called Yaakov El, and who called him El? Elohe Israel. Elohe Israel called Yaakov El, which is again a tremendous, uh, it's like an angel, just like the angels have El, Lefael, Gabriel, Lefael. So he called him El to show how, how powerful he was. He was able to overcome all these uh, adverse situations. But it said, so now we get to a very, very serious uh, story here. There was a girl called Dina. Dina was the daughter of Leah. Now, it's okay. Make sure you claim them. You're not claiming them on the phone. Okay. But it's in me now. There you go. There you go. Perfect. But it's in There you go. Wow. Just don't take this glass because otherwise the phone's going to fall. Anyway, but it says, Dina Batlea, Dina, the daughter of them went out. Hashem Yaledam Yaakov is the daughter of Yaakov. Now, the question is over here what does it mean, Batlea? She's not only the daughter of Lea, she's the daughter of Yaakov. Why is it referring to as the daughter of Lea? So it's saying because she had the same uh, trait as her mother. If you remember, we learned earlier in the parasha that Leah went out once 
and uh, she greeted uh, Yaakov. So she went out to meet Yaakov in the field. So she was like her mother, she went out. But in this case, it didn't end up so good. She went out and she went to see the Bnot She went to see what's going on. There was a festival in Shechem. So she went to spend some time to see what's going on. There was a guy called Shechem ben Hamor. And he was the, uh, the son of the governor of the Shechem. He took Dina. Okay, everybody uh, can look at Ashi on their own there to see what he did. But let's put it this way. He didn't learn that for me with her. He did something not good with her. You could imagine. Uh, I'm in the middle of a restaurant, so I'm not going to get into the details of uh, what he did, but take my word, it was not good. But And he was really attached to her. And he still wanted to marry her. He loved her. He tried to, you know, seduce her and uh, try to convince her. And the Pasuk says, uh, Shechem tells his father, Hamor, I want this girl. Take, take her for me as a wife. Now, Yaakov Yaakov heard what happened. That they defiled. Um, uh, what happened? They, they defiled his daughter. And the children, his boys, were in the field. Yaakov kept quiet. He didn't. He didn't react. So Hamor went to talk to Yaakov to try to make a deal. And Yaakov came from the field. They were very angry. What a terrible thing. This is a, tra- a travesty that they did. They go to sleep with the daughter of Yaakov. To do such a... Don't do such a thing. Goim had certain uh, fences that they made, certain uh, uh, rules that they don't uh, go with the, uh, you know these girls from the Mabul time. And now they said two sins they did. First of all, they went with the daughter of Yaakov, which is a terrible crime. But it shouldn't be done anyway with anybody. So the, the Torah then goes on to explain how Hamor is going to try to make a deal to let Dina marry. My son Shechem, he has a desire for your daughter. Please let her marry. Let him marry her. And we can marry into each other. Let's assimilate. You give us your daughters. You take our daughters. We can live with us. The honesty of the lamb will be in front of you. The business tells Yaakov and tells the brothers, I hope I find favor in your eyes. <laughs> Whatever you want, I'll do. Meaning, harbu alay meod mo haru matar. Even ask me for a big dowry. I'll give you a big swearing. I'll give her all the gifts. Betena. After he did that with her, now he suddenly becomes a gentleman. And I'll give you all these things. Ashit tomenu elay utnudi etena ara. Just whatever you do, please give me, give me her. And of course, we know that we can imagine what the children of Yaakov answered that you're going to have to do on your own this week. 
but it's an amazing answer what they said. They could either say, yes, we'll give her as a wife, or they could do something else. And they did something else. It was actually a trick and very interesting to read it. Mm. Continue? Yeah. What about dessert? They ain't no dessert. You don't give life. Oh. Uh, I think they need dessert. You want something? No, we don't want yeah. dessert. We yeah. just need bring five me. minutes. Is that okay? Yeah, bring me, bring me, bring, yeah, bring me a dessert. Bring me the menu. Oh, no, something healthy. Something, something healthy. So we got the uh, sugar-free blueberry uh, crumble. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> we got the apple crisp. That's sugar. That's apple crisp is regular. Healthy. Yeah. You can have it. Yes, I have the other like the pie. Yes. Okay. The apple crisp. Apple crisp. No, but give me the blueberries, buddy. Blueberries better than apple. That's funny. That's right. Okay, who's that? I appreciate that that's, advice. Uh, Thank that's, you. Uh, that's I, me. Blueberries better I, than apple. I know that voice. I could. Thank you, Vicky. I appreciate it. All right. Now you can call in Fujihana and if you to pay my bill, that would be nice to all these classes. <laughs> But all right, let's continue. I'm joking around. I'm joking. So it says, So they answer back to Shechem in a clever way. And they spoke to, they spoke to They should have been very upset. Look what you did to our, uh, to our daughter, to our sister. So they showed that they were very, very displeased. Now, Yaakov is not doing the talking. The sons of Yaakov are doing the talking. So you have a problem. We can't marry you. We cannot give our sister to man. That is uncircumcised. Do not allow our people to have a problem over here. We're circumcised already. So we cannot take away the circumcision. You guys are not circumcised. But this is what we'll do to make it appeasing. Why don't you be like us? If you circumcise all of the males, then we'll give our daughters to you. And the phone now ringing. And the phone now ringing. And the phone now ringing. And the phone yeah, I was taking care of by the Tuesday night class. <laughs> no, I pay for it. Get credit for next Thursday night. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, let's finish this. Oh, so, and if, yeah. Benny Rari, thank you. He's a, he's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. <laughs> He wants to know which table. Which table? And then they say, listen, and if you don't accept upon yourself to circumcise yourself, 
ולקח אנליב, או אסיסטה אנליב. ויתאמו דבריהם בעיני חמוד, אני ראיתי איידיה. זה אמת שאני קונבינס את